0: welcome welcome everybody if you're new to the podcast this is faked podcast um, as you can tell by that nifty um, intro there but uh yeah we discuss all counterfeit items on the market and sometimes we'll you know dip into scams and uh, just overall a way to protect yourself from uh, with information um, from all the nefarious dark, Backdoor corridors of the commerce world that they uh, want to fake you and strip you of your money. So let's uh, let's talk about this particular episode. It's a pretty essential one, an essential oil one that is. So this is one that um, I knew I was going to do because I enjoyed. Uh, we did a cologne one, which, um, as you know, there are some. Um, there are some uh, essential oils within that. So, obviously, there are fakes, uh, essential oils that go into cologne and perfume. So, if you want to check out that episode, just check out um, Fake Perfume. I think it's an earlier episode of mine. So, first off, you know, we like to go over the history of why this stuff is expensive. Why do people want to fake this stuff? So, let's go over the history of essential oils, okay? So um, they were used by many cultures around the world for thousands of years. Uh, One of the most unique aspects about the uh, history of essential oils is that they seem to have been developed independently by different cultures as they saw their unique value. So it looks like all around the world people were doing this. Um, not exactly directly influenced from somebody. So they were all stemming from different parts, which just shows you the um, power, I guess, of this stuff. Whether it was used in medicinal treatments or just uh, the overall improvement of well being, essential oils had a wide number of uses in popularity. Pretty crazy um, because probably everything smelled so bad back then. Uh, if you, I always thought that was an interesting thing um, about time travel. You know, like it seems exciting and fun, but just realize that like if you're going past the last like 60 years everything's going to smell like crap it's going to smell terrible unless you maybe have some essential oils or something like that but uh, I think our nose would be hyper fixated on that and we would just probably vomit anytime we could if we could get past the food of that time as well so anyways that's a little sidetrack okay so the overall history of the creation of essential oils goes back to prehistoric times as cave paintings discovered in the Dordogne, Dordogne region of France that date back nearly 20,000 years shows the use of medicinal plants and the oils they created for everyday use. So it looks like they were stripping plants of their their goodies back then. Um, pretty cool 20,000 years ago. Wow. So in recorded history, the Egyptians, uh, who were the first to build a large-scale civilized culture, used essential oils as far back as 4500 BC. They were renowned for their knowledge of ointments, or, um, aromatic oils, and cosmetology cosmetology. I didn't want to say cosmology or anything like that, um, which stretched into making herbal preparations. Uh, they These preparations were used to make perfumes, which uh, is biblical when you look at that. Uh, medicines, incense, um, you see that uh, from a biblical point of view as well, just the historical aspect um, that were used on a daily basis and used for trade and stuff. So They developed many resins, spices, uh, aromatic vinegars, and other concoctions based on the oils from the plants that grew along the Nile River. Interestingly enough, despite the wealth of resources around them, the Egyptians never actually distilled their own oils and actually imported them from other places, uh, even those of cypress and cedar. So it looks like they had it half done, uh, maybe a half-baked process there and didn't, uh, you know, domesticate that that particular way of actually distilling some of the oil. So, let's move on. So, in China, the first use of essential oils was recorded during the reign of Huang Ti, the Yellow Emperor, around two six nine seven to two five nine seven. So, looks like what about yeah exactly a hundred years. So, the book that Huang Ti. Recorded the rain. Oh, so it's just the rain of. I was like, that's a hundred years. Do people like? Yeah, hundred year rain seems crazy, but I guess it's just the rain of a particular, possibly family. So, the book that Huang Ti wrote on internal medicine uh, contains several different aromatic oils and is still used as a guidance uh, for many who practice in Eastern medicine today. India shortly followed uh, suit with the development of aromatic oils around. Three thousand years ago, so the the Vedic literature of the time included over seven hundred different substances that were used all that used for all types of essential oils and medicines so wow, so in fact they were once used to actually stem the tide of bubonic plague that ravaged the countryside interesting hmm that's pretty crazy that seems like a boldish claim, but maybe there were some of those essential oils that actually did have decent um Cause I know like, you know, the bubonic plague masks that we're all aware of with the big pointy nose that was there not to emulate like a bird or something. Cause I always thought I was like, that's cool. Kind of creepy, but cool. But they would actually put all the spices and stuff in the nose of it. So yeah, that's kind of cool. Hmm. So maybe that's what they did. They filled that with their essential oils. All right. So back on the European continent, The Greeks were the first to start using essential oils since their um, prehistoric ancestors. So the first recorded use of such oils was as gifts or trade from the Egyptians, uh, where they were instantly recognized for their many different uses. So um, Hippocrates, um, the famous Greek physician, included over 300 plants um, where such oils were derived and additional knowledge was gained from India after being partially invaded by Alexander the Great. The combined knowledge helped to spread the use of the aromatic oils as they were highly promoted. So, Hippocrates um, himself wrote that having a perfumed bath and a scented massage with such oils was the path towards good health and well-being. Man, that dude knew how to live, man. I want a perfumed bath. That sounds way better than, like, bath bomb. A perfumed bath and scented massage. Hmm. All right. So another Greek uh, who helped promote such oils was Gallen, who, uh, like Galen, who like G A L E N, if you want to look that up, who developed a wide knowledge, wide knowledge of plants and their uses. His life during the Roman Empire was hurled um, heralded, I guess, uh, thanks to his reputation for apparently never having an injured gladiator die under his care. He even treated the emperor himself, Marcus Aurelius, and wrote a considerable amount of information about plant medicines. The Romans were well known to use perfumes and aromatic oils on their bodies, clothing, and even their bedding. Okay. This is what we're talking about. Everybody stank back then. Sweatiness, pooping themselves, peeing, um, just overall trash, probably, and misunderstanding of rotting and stuff like that. So, can't blame them. You know, knowledge wasn't there. Oils were used for baths and massages. As many Roman physicians used the books of uh, Hippocrates and Galen in basing their in basing their treatments. This knowledge was kept when the Roman Empire fell, and the text translated to a number of different languages. So, you can start to see some value here, whether it was as gifts or uh, you know self wellness. And it seems like. It was marketed really well because these um, physicians and um, possibly, yeah, so like uh, Alexander the Great, you know, from India and all these, you know, huge names started to make it well known that, hey, central oils are valuable. This stuff is crazy cool. So, the Persians, and in particular Ali Ibn Sana, who lived from nine eighty to ten thirty seven A.D., not only wrote a number of books on the properties of plants, but he was the first to actually distill them into the oils that we see today. So you have the Persians to thank for that. So in fact, his methods are still being used to create aromatic oils that are distilled and used for a wide variety of purposes. Thank you, the Persians. After the fall of the Roman Empire, took the Crusades where knights of different countries entered the Holy Land and came back with many different herbal medicines, as well as essential oils and perfumes that became quite popular in Europe. By the 14th century, these oils were used to combat the bubonic plague, as we talked about, just like earlier in India, and enjoy a considerable amount of success when they were used so kind of an interesting thing and heck some of the marketers today uh you know for essential oils i know i know it's attached to a lot of mlms which we'll talk about later we'll have a fake business podcast or business models but it staved off the bubonic plague that would be a pretty good selling point i would say Hmm. all right so by 1653 we're starting to get into mm, modern day ties so uh Nicholas Culpepper has written The Complete Herbal, which remains one of the most valuable resources for essential oils today. It's pretty crazy that an essential book on something from 1653 is still used today as the, um, the you know, defining guide. So it basically says the many conditions that oils can treat and remedies that can be created. Hmm. And then um, it looks like a French chemist later coined the term aromatherapy while researching the various oils. So... That's where we start talking about aroma, um, like lavender oil, and things that can actually stave off uh, different ailments, um, psychosomatic or real. I, I haven't done too much research in it, but I, from what I understand, um, some of this stuff's pretty hokum, hokum stuff. Um, and if you're into this, obviously, I'd like to hear from you and hear otherwise. Um, but yeah, then we start to get into modern day times, which we you know, you've all heard of people having their uh, diffusers in their house. Um, A ton of businesses do this stuff. It's a really good gift. Um, I mean, I I myself had a bunch of real um, essential oils just to make like my own cologne and stuff. But um, how did I know they're real? Well, let's jump into five tips to identify fake essential oils. All right. So, Number one, how is the essential oil stored? What color is the bottle? Genuine essential oils can go bad if exposed to ultraviolet radiation. So, therefore, real oils are stored in dark colored, typically amber, um, but sometimes blue bottles. So, if you found essential oils that come in clear other bottles, they're probably fake essential oils. Okay, what is the bottle made of? Real essential oils must be contained in a cla- uh, glass jar. The reason is uh, twofold. So many real oils can destroy a plastic bottle, so it'll just leak everywhere. And components of non-glass bottles like plastic, one can leach into the oil, making it adulterated, impure, and therefore no good. So do um, I guess the plastic lid's fine on that. So you'll see a lot of plastic lids on that. Uh, you know, I don't think cork, you may not see a lot, but um, so those, that's a very essential part of that. Um, is there an orifice reducer an orifice reducer is the insert at the opening of a bottle this is important because it prevents you from pouring out too many drops as well as um, preventing them from oxidating too quickly so if the oils you found are stored with nothing but the lid to cover the bottle probably fake or just stored incorrectly so there is that too you know people can resell this stuff All right, number two, how is essential oil obtained? Real essential oils come from good farms or are wildcrafted. That means just gathered from a field. So it's okay and good if it comes from a farm, uh, either owned by the company itself or from a trusted third party, but also look into how they farmed it. Do they use pesticides or toxic chemicals? Do they use the best plants at harvest time? If an essential oil company can't or won't answer these questions for you, um, or they answer them negatively, uh, then they're probably fake essential oils because the, um, the pathway that led to them making it isn't very uh, clear. Okay. So what does the essential oil cost? That's number three. So why buy a pricier oil if there are oils that are the exact same cheaper? This is the big thing about this podcast is, you know, cheap, you pay, you get what you pay for. So The inexpensive price is probably a telltale that the oil is fake or adulterated, which just could mean it's filled with something else or cut with something else. So um, let's see if it just depends on what kind of plant as well. So uh, take the trusty lavender essential oil. One 15 milliliter bottle of lavender takes 25 square feet of lavender plants to make so that just shows you the warranted price of that. It is a very, very compact situation. Um, so it takes a ton of property to just make one bottle. So you can see that obviously it would warrant a huge price. Some of these, we'll go into some of the most expensive essential oils, which are probably among the most faked So we'll go into that after this. Number four, how does the essential oil smell? Okay, Real essential oil may uh, have a slightly different smell from bottle to bottle. For example, peppermint might smell stronger in the second bottle than it did in the first with the same brand. So this is a good thing. So some aspects of the plants can't be fully controlled when growing or transforming them into essential oils. Ever grown uh, zucchini and notice how two plants aren't the exact same and they kind of grow at two different rates. This is true also for... Um, acquiring essential oils because you know it's not commercialized, it is still very much a wild process. So, one batch might be a tiny pinch stronger than the other. So, that's kind of something to look for, too. And you know, it doesn't really pinpoint which ones are fake or not because it varies from bottle to bottle. So, um, let's move on. Uh, number five, what does the oil's name say? So, if it's an essential, oil and is real, it will, in addition to its name, like peppermint or lavender, have a Latin designation for the plant from whence it came, like mentha pepperita for pepperoni or pepperoni. Jeez. Oh, I had pizza on my mind. Apparently I'm hungry. I'm doing this early. Um, pepper, pepperita for peppermint, pepperoni essential oil, um, needs to exist, Um, I'll take a cut from anybody who makes that. Um, And then Lavadula Augustifolia for lavender. Um, If this Latin lingo is absent, it's probably fake, but again, that's really easy to throw on there. Mm. So I would say the biggest thing about this is the bottle it comes in. Not that it's inherently um, more expensive to have that bottle, but it's more thoughtful. You know, you have to know and appreciate what you're doing in order to know that stuff. So... Let's go through the most expensive essential oils out there. Number 10 is a neroli oil, $354 per ounce. Jeez. Wow, that's crazy. Um, it's created from the flower of a bitter orange tree. And we have all we all know what neroli is. I mean, we've all smelled it. It's super, super good. Super good. Okay, so next is sandalwood essential oil. That's $492 per ounce. Um, number eight is elecampo. Bany essential oil. That's five hundred sixty dollars per ounce. It was uh, the creation of the notorious drink absinthe. Is uh, one use for the horse heel? Apparently, uh, a drink which oh, so it comes from the horse heel flower. Okay, so uh, it comes from the horse heel flower and also makes absinthe. Interesting. Okay, so seaweed absolute oil, six hundred fifty dollars per ounce. Uh, rose essential oil is eight hundred dollars per ounce. I didn't know that. That seems a lot more expensive, huh? It's uh, sometimes used to assist with relief of pain in people, so it seems like it has some essential medicinal benefits as well as um, kind of a floral, you know, wellness. Agarwood oil is eight hundred and fifty dollars per ounce. Cannabis flower oil is nine hundred and forty-six dollars per ounce and uh frang, frag fragipaney oil is $1500 per ounce and that was number 3 i want to see what number 2 is uh tuberose uh, absolute oil is number 2 at $1600 per ounce and number 1 is the champaka absolute oil and i want to read more about this one so that is $2200 per ounce and that is the chamomile essential oil basically um it's a high, super high-end product, and apparently Sempaka white essential oil... Oh, jeez. <coughs> Sorry about that. Has a long history as a treatment for depression and has been used to relieve headaches and vertigo. Interesting. Seems like a really expensive way to relieve you of that. So that right there, guys, are the most expensive essential oils on the market, probably the most vulnerable to these... Um, yeah, these, uh, these uh, fakeries, you know. So, guys, uh, check us out on Faked Podcast on TikTok. That's another place for you to get in contact with me. Also, uh, feel free to email us at um, fakedpodcast at gmail.com. Check us out there. Send us some of your concerns, uh, corrections, whatever. Um, also, geez, I need to grab a drink. So, guys, that is it for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.